On this all-new edition of Cover B, we're sharing our favorite reads from the week, our epic hype for Into the Spider-Verse, and our holiday buy suggestions for the Marvel lovers in your life. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome to Cover B. Hello. Once again, my name is T. Once I am here again, with Chris. I'm here as well. We are... <laughs> I like your song. It's a musical episode. Oh god, we're way too early for that. <laughs> <laughs> Six seasons in a movie, dude. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> we are really excited to be back. Week three, we're still doing this thing. Mm-hmm. We're... I like how you, like, so far you've opened every episode with, like, yep, it's still happening. I, I'm i giving us encouragement. <laughs> we haven't quit yet. Hey, that's something still to be proud going. of. This, if you look at any type of New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. people bail within, like, a week. And yep. we have continued on to week three. And I think that's something to be proud of. Yeah. So I just want everyone else to know and also be proud of us. So, I'm, yeah. I'm proud of us. You, you, I'm proud of you. Aw, that's so sweet. Thank you. I'm more proud of me, though. You're, yeah, you're okay. <laughs> so, as always, we are going to start this episode with our comic picks for the week. Chris, what did you read? Um, I read a handful of things, and I don't know. This week, I nothing really like stood out to me as like defining moment of this week so like a few different series that i've been reading regularly came out this week so like heroes in crisis great uncanny, read uncanny x-men what else and hex wives which is a new one from vertigo and they're all really good i definitely think if you're not reading those you need to go pick up the first few and read them but each issue kind of just left me with you know, like, what the hell? <laughs> like, where is it going? And I'm excited to see where it goes. I just, you know, there wasn't anything, like, defining or excessively, like, revolutionary in right. these issues. Um, That's fair. I, I, I'm also reading Heroes in Crisis and Hex Wives, and I, I agree. Like, they're kind of just now finding their footing. You know, mm. we're on, like, what, issue three of both? And I'm... I mean, I think they're both great reads, but it wasn't like epic plot yeah. changes or I did, something I amazing. Did pick up Dead Man Logan. Oh, that's the number one, yeah. It's the number one, so it's picking up from the end of the Old Man Logan series. For those who aren't in the know, Old Man Logan was just a mini series that took place during a uh, run of Wolverine. Uh, it was this post-apocalyptic kind of look into the future, and it was kind of its own thing, but it was amazing. If you haven't read Old Man Logan, um, the original one, you need to read it. And then they brought that Old Man Logan character from that timeline after the whole Secret Wars thing into the main universe. And he's been there. He's been on various X-teams and doing his own thing. Well, they're wrapping that up because, obviously, regular Logan... Um, middle-aged man Logan is coming back. <laughs> and so I guess they're, you know, getting him out of the way and they changed X-23 back to X-23 and stuff, so they're making room. I don't know what their plan is right now, but... And so they wrapped up that series and now they're doing a 12-part mini called Dead Man Logan that's going to kind of be his send-off. 
it's got a really cool premise. It does rely a lot on people knowing the story. Uh, and I, I didn't read the series of Old Man Logan. That's me slapping my wrist. But it does play a lot on people having read the original Old Man Logan story. But I like that. I like that it's sending back to that. So he's kind of, he's closing off his time in this universe the way we were kind of introduced to him. And I think that's cool. Now, I know for some of our listeners, they've probably seen the movie Logan, which was loosely based off of Old Man Logan. Will that help them Um, with Dead Man Logan? No. Totally Um, different? Definitely the, you know, Logan borrowed a lot from Old Man Logan. Okay. But not enough for just that source material to... And I'm not saying you can't read Dead Man... Like, they fill you in on the details that you need. Right. Um, I just think, honestly, if you're going to pick up Dead Man Logan, definitely give Old Man Logan a read. Not the whole, like, series, just that many. Uh, It comes in trade paperback or hardcover. Definitely read it because I feel like it's just going to be a much more rich experience as they continue the story. And it's only one issue. They've got 12 issues to go, so it may go, like bananas and do its own thing but it's cool i like what i like what they're setting up and i'm curious to see where it goes i'm not always all about wolverine stuff you know i i was kind of one of the ones cheering when they finally killed wolverine off to be honest (laughs) like we ever thought that was gonna last yeah i knew it wasn't gonna last i'm happy they lasted it as long as they did but i mean they killed him off and then gave us three other wolverines you know (laughs) They had Old Man Logan, they had Jimmy Hudson from the Ultimate Universe, and we had all-new Wolverine X-23. So they didn't really kill Wolverine off. They just, like, split him into a buffet. You know what I mean? Your different choice of three types of Wolverine. He was, like, the buffalo wing factor. Yeah, it was like we went from a full meal to tapas. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> I am excited to see where it goes. I think they'll do a good job. It seems like they really want to do a good job sending him off. Um, and again, I said this in the past about Uncanny X-Men. It's incorporating a lot of the like young X-Men that are young, even though they're still, um, they've been around forever. Uh, and I like that. I like that more because a lot of the X titles lately have just been kind of ignoring those kids in the name of, all the, like, 40 million Jean Greys. There's only only two. But Jean Grey, Chris. But Jean Grey. Because, like, X-Men Blue focuses on Jean and her team, and X-Men Red focuses on Jean and her team, and X-Men Gold focuses on Kitty Pride and her team, and I I don't know. I'm excited that they're using, like, Glob more (laughs) and armor and stuff. Nice. Um, And Uncanny is still doing that, too. So... You know, my picks for the week are definitely catch up with Uncanny X-Men if you can. It's a weekly. Catch up with Heroes in Crisis if you can. It's a whenever Tom King feels like it. And <laughs> Great read. Great read. Yeah, it's, wonderful. It's, it's intense. Just, they're all three of those, like I said, Hexwives. Hexwives, pick that one up if you can. Uh, it's a Vertigo title. Hexwives, Heroes in Crisis, and Uncanny are just kind of, like you said, they're just kind of finding their legs. So yeah. the issues this week really felt like these are details that you need that you've already kind of inferred, but here you go, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of in a similar boat for my probably top pick for the week, which was Man Eaters number three. Um, it's a Chelsea Kane book. 
Um, she was the one who did that recent run of Mockingbird, um, which mm-hmm. had that really famous cover Ask me about of the, my feminist agenda. Exactly. Right. And she she has no shame and she does whatever she wants and I feel like they kind of looked at her for this book and they were like, "You know what, Chelsea? You do whatever you want to do." And she was like, "Okay." And then she just went bananas. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. I got like cats involved. The general or? the general plot synopsis is that at some point women got infected or girls or the human race, we'll say, got infected yeah. with this gene called Toxoplasmosis X. And <laughs> essentially what this does is that w- girls, adolescent women, between the ages of like 13 and 20, when they get their periods, instead of just getting their periods, they turn into vicious, man-eating big cats. <laughs> and it's amazing it is so self-aware mm-hmm. and kind of in its own pocket and like snarky and bizarre and kind of based in the real world but kind of not and yeah, I, and political but not i was wondering where the like the period thing came in because <laughs> like the last issue i think last issue had like the tampon with the yeah. face on it yeah and this issue which is two covers, and they're essentially the same cover, just different stickers. Is one of those like waste bin, like the like throw your yeah, absolutely. Your so part of the premise of the book is that they put hormone therapy in the public water to essentially eradicate menstruation, so that girls and women can't get their period and turn into ferocious man-eating cats. Jeez but it doesn't always work. And so there's kind of a mystery going on because there's been more cat attacks recently. And this issue, what was cool about this issue is that it kind of took the story in an entirely different direction than what we were anticipating. They, the past two issues had sort of set it up like, this is what's happening and oh no. And then this issue was like, gotcha. And you're like, mm-hmm. what? So again, it's not, you know, a life altering book, but it's, Definitely taking a bit of a plot twist than what we thought. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I read this week, which is actually a number one, is the new Ironheart. Oh, cool. And it is great. And mm-hmm. all I can say, Marvel, is about damn time. <laughs> Bravo, Ironheart. I'm happy that Riri Williams is wonderful. Yeah. I like the direction they're taking her. She doesn't fall into any stereotypes. They're giving her her very own, very interesting personality and structure. And I like the new suit. Like, I know they did that in, um, wasn't that in the Infinity Wars Champions, Infinity Countdown Champions crossover when she, like, her suit got destroyed. So she came back, and in Champions, she, like, made a new suit. Yeah. Um, I like the new suit. I really like it. It's I like it, cool too. It's got a cool vibe to it. And it's kind of pink, but it's not like, not like, Look at me, I'm a girl. I'm girl Iron Man. You know, it's it's got its own kind of vibe to it. I like it. Well, and somebody actually makes a comment in the book. They're like, blah, 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 Iron Girl. And she's like, um, excuse me, I'm Ironheart. And it's super sassy and, and yeah, fun. Yeah. And one of the Just things. Just don't have J. Scott Campbell draw it or people will riot. <laughs> it, it's true. Well, he he has a style. 
And in this context, it didn't necessarily make sense. I don't know. That, that whole controversy was silly. It was, it was excessive. That is very true. One of the things that I liked about the new Ironheart, though, is that it felt... This is one of the first times, in my opinion, recently, that I've read a comic book. And the first issue felt like a cohesive comic book story. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is that in this comic book, you have character development, but that you also have, like, she fights a villain, and, sorry, spoiler alert, villain gets caught. And it's like, it almost felt like an episode of an old 90s superhero cartoon, where, like, it had, like, a full episode feel and unity and conclusion, and it's set up for the next issue, but... It was just incredibly satisfying because I feel like I'm constantly reading books, especially coming from Marvel, that are just like, what are we doing next time? What's going to happen in the next issue? What are we going to build up next? And everything's got to be tied into a crossover. But this one's just sort of like, hey, you wanted to read a book. Here's a book. And I kind of really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been missing that in my life. Yeah, it's like how in Amazing Spider-Man right now, They've been setting, like, first five issues or so, they set up a bad guy, and then now we're on issue ten, and we're just now seeing him again. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying! I feel like there hasn't been any cohesiveness or, like, everything has to be long and drawn out. Nothing can be succinct. And Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it that this felt like, hey, we introduced this bad guy. He's not a huge bad guy. We handle the bad guy. We move on with our life. And that's great! We don't get that much anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all in the name of, like, selling the next book. And exactly. It doesn't feel like they're concerned about the joy of the current book. They're like, let's sell the next book. So everything's kind of like a prolonged trailer for whatever the, like, right. next big event that they're going to pitch. Exactly. I'm inevitably... That's really, like, you know... That is really a Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. Marvel, Marvel is all about their like pushing you on to the next thing, and it can get tiring sometimes. So it is oh, cool it is exhausting. See, yeah, it is cool to see. Um, like I really liked the Champions run. I'm behind on it, but the Champions run that they've been doing is very much like that, where the stories they might go a few issues, but then they wrap up and they move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you actually get these like delightful little snippets. And I know people have told me that Moon Girl and Squirrel Girl are both like that. I don't read those. That's true. Um, I do read Squirrel Girl and sometimes they can kind of cross over a few epi- like a few issues, episodes, episodes. a few issues. Um, but a lot of the time it'll be a one issue front to end. Mm-hmm. Here's a plot and now it's resolved. And I think the same thing is what they're going to do with Ironheart in that they expect you to care about the main character, and that's why you pick up the next ep- the next issue. Not everything has to be a to-be-continued for you to want to read the next issue. Yeah. DC's good about that, in in my opinion. People might agree, like, disagree with me, but, um, like, I, I've been reading Justice League Dark, and they recently did um, a crossover with Wonder Woman called Witching Hour. And they've been doing that. They've been doing their crossovers. They've been handling their, like, crossover events between, like, two titles... And they'll have, like, a number one that's, you know, Justice League Dark, uh, Wonder Woman, Witching Hour number one. And then you'll pick up a Justice League Dark issue, and then a Wonder Woman issue, and then a Justice League Dark issue, and then a Wonder Woman issue. And then they'll have Wonder Woman, Justice League Dark, Witching Hour number one. And even though it's a lot of, like, bouncing around, it's still this, like, nice package. Right. 
And there's there's parts of the story that lead on to other things, but it doesn't feel like they're having you read it so you can have interest for those other things. Right. It's its own. They're like, you know, you get into the first issue and they're like, whoa, some shit's going down. And then it goes down and it resolves. And even though there's still loose ends that are going to be the overall kind of focus of these titles, you're you're done. Yeah. You're done with that story. It's been resolved, however it resolved, and you're done and you move on. And that's really refreshing. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> see, I agree. I feel like I tend to read in DC at least really long form pieces for some reason. I feel like the characters that I typically pick up, the Batwoman and the Catwoman, and huh, that rhymed, they tend to be very long form. Like, we have a plan. It's going to be this many issues, and we're not resolving crap until this is over. <laughs> but I don't know. I I like it when it's kind of just a succinct little package, yeah. and you can read from point A to point B, and you actually have some feeling of resolution. Cool. I think that's really Hopefully nice. Hopefully they keep up with that. I agree. I agree. All right. So now we're going to move on to our next segment, which is the news. News, news. quite a bit of news this week a lot of perspective news news theme song we we should have an intro song for Mm -hmm. the news i think that would be a good move yeah wouldn't would you guys like that i think chris should sing it though nobody would like that (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to the torture podcast Hey, some people are really into that. Yeah. Um, but no kink shaming. <laughs> lots of perspective news this week. Lots of maybes. Yeah. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. I wanted to talk about Rebellion um, because I think this is really cool. So Rebellion is the production company that owns 2080, so like Judge Dredd and stuff. Okay. And I say and stuff because I honestly am not ultra familiar with what that and stuff is. Um, <laughs> you can't know everything, uh, man. Judge Dredd <laughs> and stuff. Uh, Judge Dredd is cool. And they also make the Sniper Elite games. Okay. They bought like a massive facility in just outside of Oxford, I think. Okay. Which is where their headquarters is. Interesting. It's like 78 million pound purchase oh my god like a hundred million dollars or so (gasps) if my conversion's off blame the internet um wait i'm on the internet (laughs) oh no (laughs) i'm to blame um i mean probably Two hundred twenty thousand square foot location it's gonna be fully operational by 2019 and it's gonna produce like 500 or so jobs for british film and tv they're going to do a bunch of, or like, they want to do a bunch of original stuff. They want to do, they've got, like, a, oh, I don't, I didn't write that down, but they've got a big-ass soundstage that they're going to be recording in. Sick, dude. They're going to be doing VFX work. They're going to continue making games. I just think it's really cool. I, I like when a production company is obviously doing well and is like, let's take it to the next level. Like, it's really neat to see that, you know, there's going to be somebody else Pumping out TV shows, pumping out streaming shows, pumping out games and movies. No, that's really so. that's really encouraging. In the news recently, I feel like we've just been getting a lot of, and this studio goes under, and this studio goes under. So to hear that somebody's actually doing well and can go big or go home, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool when 
you know, a studio getting bigger or a production company getting bigger or someone setting their sights larger isn't preceded by after being purchased by Disney or after <laughs> the Netflix merger is, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's nice when they're just kind of doing their own thing. Now owned and, by Jeff Bezos. You know, I love, <laughs> I love seeing people get more film and TV jobs in England. Like, that's really cool. And it's going to... Uh, I don't know what the film and TV atmosphere is in England, obviously. I'm not ultra familiar with, like, what studios they have going. I haven't done a lot of research on that. But I can imagine it's going to alleviate, like, pressure and give, you know, up-and-coming actors new places to go and seasoned actors new places to go. And it's just cool. I, I like it. I really, like, that's just some wholesome industry news, you know. Interesting segue <laughs> I actually, this is really interesting. So a UK politician came out and was talking about how England oh, and for him. <laughs> how England and Ireland are, you know, such amazing environments for production and for TV and movie and all of that. Mm-hmm. And in his speech, name dropped. Yeah, you know. The most recent Star Wars movie did some filming here. And you know where George Lucas wants to start directing his the Obi-Wan movie? In Northern Ireland. And everyone goes, hold on. Apparently, so they haven't officially announced an Obi-Wan movie. Disney hasn't yet. Mm -hmm. But the director that had been attached to the rumored Obi-Wan movie dropped out. Mm. And now the ongoing discussion is that they gave it back to Lucas. Mm. George is going to direct it. Mm. And while I'm super hesitant about that, I don't know. There, I, I might be interested in that. I, it, it feels weird to be like, yeah, let George do it again because we were so mad about the pre- prequels. But I, I don't Oh, man, that that might be refreshing. I mean, give the man some CGI. Let's see I, what's up. I really want to have hope that if they, you know, did get George Lucas, it would be like one of those movies that's like an old cowboy and he's like, I, don't know, I hung up my spurs long ago, but then something bad happens and he's like, <laughs> Well, girl, looks like we got it. And he goes after his old horse and he saves the day, but. I don't know. I, I feel like it's more going to be like dirty grandpa. <laughs> it's going to be like a weird old guy doing stuff that people are like, no, don't. And he's like, bah, bah, and but it's an Obi movie, so it can't be entirely about Jar Jar, right? <laughs> <laughs> so like there's some hope, right? This summer, rush hour four. I don't know. Part of me. Is there already a Rush Hour 4? That might have been a horrible joke. No, there's not. (laughs) There's totally not. There was rumored to be one, but I don't think there's going to be a Bad Boys 3. Yeah, I saw that. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Totally off topic. But yeah, so maybe Obi Wan. Chris Tucker is Jar Jar Binks. I mean. You saw understanding words that's coming out of my mouth? I would actually see that. <laughs> of course you would. I would. 
If they want to cast Chris Tucker as Jar Jar Binks, I would see that. Oh, God. I... Jar Jar Binks movie, 2020. <laughs> Chris does, Tucker in the lead. Does that mean... I'd see that. Does that make Jackie Chan Obi? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Actually, I kind of like the sound of this he's, movie. Can we direct it? He's Obi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, no. Shut it down. <laughs> We've achieved too much. People are going to worry about how successful we are oh, as the money man. rolls in. Oh man. All right, George, don't worry about it. We got this we one got covered. Yeah, you can go you, home. I'll send you a script. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. And a five pack of Diet Coke. <laughs> He'll very much appreciate that. Yeah. But I have a hard time believing you're gonna part with Diet Coke. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Rock> precious. <laughs> Addiction is real, no, no you guys. Touches the process. <laughs> <laughs> Caffeine is life. Caffeine is love. Yeah. All I need is Diet Coke, a lighter, and a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Segways are fun. Um, <laughs> so everyone is, the, the world itself is exploding from the inside as liquid hot magma rises to the surface under the pressure that is into the Spider-Verse hype. Right? Oh my god, it's so intense. <laughs> the, the I'm so ready. All about it. I what's cool the cool bit of news that I want to bring in is did you hear about the announcement of two more into the Spider-Verse movie? No. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, really? So apparently "Quote unquote seeds have been planted in this movie, which we'll just have to see what they mean for a sequel. So they've already got a sequel in the works. Awesome. Um, directed by Jaquim Dos Santos, who directed Avatar: The Last Airbender and Netflix's Voltron. Ooh! Um, so he's got some bad animation cred going. Yeah. Um, I'm really hyped. This one looks super cool. It's getting super good ratings. Previews, like preview viewings have been great. Um, so I can only imagine this is going to be a series that's worth keeping up. And you know, we, like, aside from your, like, Despicable Me's and your, well, really just Despicable Me right now, are there any other, like, animated series going on in just the Illumination stuff, just like Despicable Me and well, Hotel Transylvania. Well, in the Pixar you know? stuff, because apparently another Toy Story is yeah, on its yeah. way. Toy Story meets John Wick. Oh, man. Yeah, he got cast in that. Keanu. Uh, re- yeah, Keanu Reeves is in that. What movie. is he doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they've announced, but everyone's like, he should play a John Wick action figure. I think that's probably what they're going to do. Like, this is my theory. Getting it recorded. He's going <laughs> to be playing an action figure of some kind. Neo? Yeah, yeah. Totally Neo. No, I, I think that it'll just be something like generic, like Johnny Thunder Punch or something, <laughs> which totally sounds like an 80s porn star. Oh, um, God. Unfortunately, yeah. That's not But, okay. I, I, you know, I think he's going to be doing something like that. Um, that's my prediction. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Toy Story 4. I think it would be cool to have a series of animated spider films that are, like, big budget in theaters. Um, I think... I think it's time for Marvel to really start hitting the animation thing. Like, DC has been going so strong in animation for, like, decades. And Marvel, like, their 90s TV shows, I love them, but they're garbage. <laughs> like, if you go back and watch them, you're like, why is Spider-Man purple now? He has two right hands. 
he, this is a clip I saw literally two seconds ago, just with different dialogue. And, you know, <laughs> like the Scooby-Doo animators would watch the 90s X-Men stuff and be like, damn. Um, <laughs> so I would really be interested in seeing that happen. But they've also got plans, apparently, for a spinoff. Lauren Montgomery is in charge to direct that. She did also did some Voltron and Batman Year One. Oh, cool. And it's, you'll like this, oh. it's supposed to be a girl team. Like, that sounds so. That sounds so sexist. The, like, uh, it's supposed to be female spider people focused. Oh my god! A lot of a lot of the articles. Oh my god! Like, There's so many good ones though. It's a girl team, and I'm reminded of Marvel's like girl comics. Yeah, don't. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Um. It's like the Pink Razor. Yeah, like, just of, go away with that. A lot of people are saying, you know, it's probably gonna have Spider Woman. A lot of people are saying it's going to be Ghost Spider, so Spider-Gwen focused. Yeah. I would really like to see Silk. I think Silk is super underused, even in the comics. And it, it, that would be cool. Another way to get, you know, another person of color on there. Um, Agreed. Silk so, is dope. Silk is an Asian woman. So that would be really cool, you know, because they're really pitching the whole Miles thing as having a person of color spider person. So keep the ball rolling. Keep, you know, keep the focus on not... White spider people. <laughs> There's plenty of those. There's plenty of movies about white spider people. Let's focus on, you know. The other characters. Some other representation. But I, yeah. I think that's really cool. I'm excited to see it. It definitely, there's a lot of debate right now. Because um, Sony's kind of doing what they've done in the past. Where they like overload themselves with shit. And then panic. <laughs> and pull away. Yeah. Because right now they've got, you know. There's obviously going to be a Venom 2. There's yeah. obviously going to be a Spider-Verse 2. There's a Spider-Verse spinoff. There's, they divided the Black Cat and Silver Sable movie, so there's a Black Cat and a Silver Sable movie. There's the upcoming Spider-Man movie and supposedly another Spider-Man Tom Holland movie coming up. So they've got a lot going on. Um, I would love to see it keep going. Uh, and, oh, a Craven movie. There's supposed to be a Craven movie coming. So... And the Morbius movie. And the Morbius, yeah, the Jared Leto. So, yeah. Damn, they got a lot. I'm on. I'm just gonna call this right now. I not out of hope, out of dismay, but I don't think the Silver Sable or the Black Cat movies are gonna happen because yeah, nobody loves me enough to give just, me the movie I want. I just I, I want them to connect their universe. I think I think. There's so much going on in Spider-Man. And yeah, it would suck to not have Spider-Man in these. But they could, because I guess they're still having trouble working the, that whole logistics out. Um, but I mean, you could easily, like, Venom's endearing. I know the movie got panned and people think it's kind of a joke. But make Venom a joke. I don't, I don't care. Like, make him funny and, you know, make him the one that Craven hunts in the Craven movie or like make him the one that Black Cat falls in love with in the you know that like, would be less creepy put him in the Spider-Man role I guess <clears throat> or give us another spider person you know like throw one of the clones in there but don't make them a clone or do make them a clone but make them look different or screw it cast Tom Holland as Ben Riley. <laughs> that go, would be let's hilarious go let's go crazy and cast Tom Holland has been Riley and ug up his face and cast him as Kane and 
you know, go oh, nuts. Oh, man. That would be intense. Or give us Miles, give us Spider-Gwen, whatever you got to do. If you got to have a spider person, just figure it out. But I think, because um, you could tell a lot of stories, you just have to be creative on how you do it. And I'm worried that they're going to be afraid to do these, like, big Spider-Man stories because all the characters that are involved in them are doing their whole Sony thing, so the main Tom Holland movies aren't going to do them. And then Sony's not going to do them because they can't get Spider-Man. And so I'm worried, you know, <clears throat> things like Craven's Last Hunt and, you know, uh, the gauntlet and, like, big, like, the other, it was weird. Um, big Spider-Man stories just are not going to happen. Like, Maximum Carnage are just not going to happen because they're so afraid to get Spidey involved and afraid to do it if they can't. See, what I find so kind of interesting and a little disappointing is that I totally understand if they don't want to have, like, Tom Holland's Spider-Man in these movies, but it kind of sucks that they can't do, like, a different casting and, like, a different Spider-Man for a different universe and just make them different universes. I get that that would be confusing to the viewer, but as someone who reads comics, there are... Five different books with Peter Parker in them right now, and they're all different, mm-hmm. and they're all different technical iterations of Peter, but they're all the same Peter. I feel like you so could, I feel um, like you could separate it, have it on the big screen, just be like, this yeah. is this universe, this is this universe. They're different. <clears throat> I mean, you technically did it with Scarlet Witch yeah. and Quicksilver. Like, just make them absolutely clear that this is one universe, this is another, and then just go for it. I feel like there's been so many Peter Parkers that people just be like. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not privy to what all is going on with Sony and Marvel in regards to the Spider universe. Um, so I don't know if Sony's maybe just holding out in hopes that Marvel will let them use Tom Holland in movies or maybe Marvel agreed to let them have Tom Holland after in the whole Infinity Wars thing is wrapped up because they didn't want, like... Because it would have been confusing if we watched you know, Spider-Man turn into ashes and then suddenly he's, like, punching Venom in the nuts. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been confusing for people. So, I don't know. Um, But regardless, Into the Spider-Verse looks cool. I'm really excited for, like, a bunch of Spider-Man animated movies. The animation style looks badass. I'm gonna go see that, like, a million times. And I'm going to cry every single time. Spider-person stuff makes me cry. (laughs) I cried really does. like 40% of the time when I was playing the Spider-Man game because it reminds me of my childhood and a simpler time. He gets very emotional. Come home from work on a Wednesday and build a blanket fort to record a podcast. <laughs> simpler time. Whatever. I built the fort this time. Yeah, it's nice. It's nicer than my fort, too. We need a mini fridge. We... Okay. <laughs> so... Completely other direction, I found this hilarious. It probably shouldn't be hilarious, but I think it's hilarious. So Comic-Con India was a couple weekends ago, and during their event, they gave out goodie bags. And in India, comic books are still considered like children's books. Mm -hmm. So most of the people who got these goodie bags were children. Well, All the parents went home with their kids and opened up the goodie bags and the kids started reading the comics that are in these goodie bags. And one of them just so happened to be Fiona Staples' saga. (laughs) And it didn't have a warning label. It didn't have a notice on it. And so parents 
lost their ever-loving mind to the point where one woman filed a report with the police against the Comic-Con. <laughs> the police were called on Comic-Con because of Saga. I think that's hilarious. That is great. Now, according to law, <laughs> they might not have any issues because of the, re- like, renownedness of Saga and its value to society yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that. And yeah. a lot of people came out defending Saga, and the Comic-Con actually came out and publicly apologized. It was a mistake. They didn't mean to put it into the bags that were going to kids, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it was, like, kids opening up a Happy Meal and pulling out a Hustler. Or <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. It was an accident. But I just think it's so funny because all the headlines were like, police called because children read Saga. And I'm mm. like, that's amazing. I, I Only in the comic world are you going to have people losing their minds so much that they literally call the cops because of a book. Yeah, right. It's so funny. It's like, congrats, y'all. <coughs> like, congrats, Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn. You guys are fugitives. <laughs> you, it, it's so funny because, you know, you hand out books in school and you read some really interesting stuff when yeah. you're in elementary and middle school. But the minute there's pictures... Yeah. Whoa, man! <laughs> She's got boobs. You better back One it on. Day up. <laughs> you thought you were just making a fun little comic book series, and the next day you have terrorized an entire population. <laughs> Bravo! Children are scarred for life. They will never recover. Way, way to go! <laughs> but I just thought that was really funny. Good job. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah that's really that was that's, fun. That's humorous. It's like. Hey there, Timmy. What'd you get? Oh, you know, I got this over the garden wall and this Steven Universe and a jungle fantasy. (laughs) That's not okay. Timmy, no. This book doesn't even have words in it. It's okay, Mom. This one's called the Bondage Adult Extreme Variant. (laughs) Ew, those are gonna be gross. <laughs> those are the ones that you don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, I don't recommend Googling those. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Not okay. My last bit of news is that a leak has occurred in sorry. theory. Okay, I'm sorry. It's tight spaces in here. I've had a lot of lot of lot to drink today. I'm sorry. No, I was making a joke because you said a leak occurred. Oh jeez. It was a pee-pee joke, T. I'm... I... Uh, I can't. Really mature humor on this... He's such a grown-up. On this street. He's such a grown-up. I'm so grown. So I'm this... So this Well, good. this type of leak is a, an information leak. <gasps> and it's also maybe nothing. But <laughs> the potential of it could be awesome. Um... Apparently on GameSystemRequirements.com, somebody did some sleuthing. the heck is that? It's actually the same site that leaked Devil May Cry 5 a month before it was announced. Oh, neat. And it was an accident. Well, on the same site, someone did some sleuthing and found a title labeled Superman World's Finest. Ooh. A la Rocksteady's infamous, consistently unannounced Superman title. Hmm. And people are losing their minds because in just two weeks is 
the Gamers Awards, and there's supposed to be like 10 different games that are announced Neat. during the Gamer Awards, and everybody's like, oh man, this is going to be one of them. And I think that would be awesome, because the Arkham games are dope, and I, I would love, love to see what they do with Superman. I think that would be sick. So, if this is actually a thing. Now, it could also be nothing. It could also be way early, and they end up announcing at E3, but it also could be just be a lie and somebody uncovered nothingness because you know rumors are rumors and the internet is a fickle place rumor has it (laughs) yeah i think that's bs you know they probably because it it was found on like someone like digging through a website right yeah apparently this is one of those places i think it's like either a trademark thing or like a systems requirement place where you have to like list things like that and so i feel like it could be or it could not be. I think they probably just, like, set aside the domain when they heard a rumor, like, years ago or something. And now someone's digging around and they're like, whoa, just, and they just found it. And they're yeah. like, oh, look, they have this domain. They know something. You know, it's not like the whole, like, what was it, last year before E3, uh, like, Walmart, Australia. Oh, yeah. Spoiled, like, everything Bethesda and Ubisoft were going to talk about. Because they yeah. made listings for, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and stuff like that. So, anyway. I think it's BS. I think it'll be interesting to find out if anything happens. I, I think the only reason why people are even, like, really speculating is because it seems like a very specific name. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, Untitled Superman. It's, yeah. like... Superman, world's finest. Rocksteady, Superman something. Yeah, and so people are, like, hyping it. Superman 64 remastered. (laughs) Oh, God, please no. Please yes. No, no, no. Yes. You will be the only person in the world that buys it. (laughs) I think I was the only person that rented the first one from Hollywood Video. Oh, man. Um... Yeah, right. Look how old we are, you guys. Old as sin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so for our last segment, we're actually going to do something a little different for the next couple weeks. Um, The holidays are fast approaching, and sometimes you have friends who like comics. Sometimes you have friends who are hard to shop for. Sometimes you like comics, and you want to make everyone else you know like comics. Yes, folks, tis the season to go into a store of something that you know nothing about and say, help me. <laughs> well, we're going to prevent you from being that guy. And instead, we are going to give you a holiday gift buying guide for the next few weeks. So today, we are going to talk about holiday gift ideas for people who are into Marvel. So, Chris, mm-hmm. what do you suggest for the Marvel fan? What would you offer as your opinion for those to buy for the ones they love? Uh, yeah. So, a few different books that would be good to get. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there's a Craven movie on the horizon, so there's a few trade paperback reprints of the Craven period of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man back in the 90s. Craven's Last Hunt on trade paperback you can get. There's a $15 one that I think is just the main story, and then like a $40 one that's like twice the size or more and has a bunch of other issues in it. I think that's a really cool gift. I've suggested that to a few people recently. Um, and they've been really happy with it. 
A newer book that came out, Immortal Hulk, finally came out in trade paperback, I think, last week. It's a super good read, apparently. I missed the first few issues, and now they're kind of, like, blowing up. It's like a horror story with Hulk, and it's really gruesome and really gritty, and it's just very cool. That's kind of a different side. Yeah. Uh, Grand Design, X-Men Grand Design is both parts of it are out in trade paperback, so there's two parts to this, and it's sort of like a retelling of retro X-Men stuff with oh, really cool. unique art. The guy who did, uh, what was that book called? The History of Hip Hop. Um, he did that one. And it's a very cool read, and the trades themselves are these like treasury size, so they're like huge, big, like tall and long. So I feel like anybody who is, you know, whether they're more casual or more serious about collecting or reading would be really interested in having those because of how big and fancy and retro they look. Yeah, that's a fun that's And a then fun I didn't want to, you know, obviously not mention Old Man Logan since we talked about it earlier. Um, it's in trade. It's in hardcover. There's like a $5 difference between the trade and hardcover. Like I think the trade is $30. The hardcover is $35. Hardcover books are easier to wrap. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, those four books. So Craven's Last Hunt, you can either get the $15 one or the $40 one. I recommend the $40 one. You know, more is always better, and it's actually a pretty good price for the amount of books that you get. Mortal Hulk trade, I think it's like $16. Grand Design trades are like $30 each, so $60 for both. And then Old Man Logan trade paperback or hardcover. I also, there was recently, if you're into somebody, like you're looking for something that's maybe a little bit more decorative, Marvel Gallery just came out with like a nine-inch Venom statue. It's got Eddie Brock, you know, like his Venom suit is all moving around so you can see the person underneath and then he's standing there on a rock and it's very fluid. It's pretty cool for kind of a cheaper statue. I know, you know, it's no sideshow like $900 Venom statue, but 50 bucks, cool little nine-inch statue for Venom. Go ask your local shop for it. It's a Marvel Gallery uh, statue. It looks pretty cool. It looks cool in person. They did a good job painting it. Had a lot of quality control on it. So I love statues. I think they're fun. I think it's a cool way to kind of have your nerddom on display. Mm-hmm. I, I like statues. You know, you, you take what you like and you turn it into, like, your deco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is my living room. That's Venom. Say hello, Venom. I don't feel like having a bonsai tree. I'm going to have a statue yeah. of a symbiote instead. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to groom it every day like I would a bonsai tree. That's, you know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I bet he'd like that. <laughs> feed him some tater tots. Oh, I know he'd like that. I'd like that. What about you? What do you think people should buy for the... The the Marvel-loving person in their life. Well, I've got... I'm, I'm more of a... I want to give people what I love. So I picked three books that I think are awesome and should be shared and probably aren't already in the collection of the person you are buying for. Um, especially if they're more of a traditional Marvelist, a Captain America, Thor, blah. Um, so... My first one is kind of a little off the wall. It's the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl and the Great Lakes Avengers. 
we've talked a little bit about Squirrel Girl on the show. I'm a big fan. I think she deserves all the love. And one of the best things about this trade paperback, it's only like 30 bucks, but it's a whole complete story from start to end. It's got multiple story arcs. It kind of covers a majority of the Great Lakes Avengers um, storylines over the past, you know, decades or whatever. It's hilarious. It is by far one of the funniest books I've ever read. And it's because the Great Lakes Avengers are essentially a group of misfits. I mean, mm-hmm. they're called the Great Lakes Avengers for Pete's sakes. Like, they, it's not supposed to be taken seriously. It's, but it's, but it's like, isn't it shockingly dark? Oh, it is super yeah. dark too. Like, were you telling me that it's like, it's funny and hilarious and also incredibly disturbing <laughs> and left field uh, grossness and and gore and unexpected like morbidness. It's but it's great. I really enjoy it. Nice. Um, and like I said, that one's only thirty bucks, and that's a good re- that's a good one because you know it's a complete book. You don't have to have volume well, one or volume two or whatever. I've seen it. I've seen you reading it. It's a thick book. It's a thick book. Thirty bucks. And the so. cover is adorable. Squirrel yeah, it's girl, like so cute. Cake, yeah, with tippy toe, it's so cute. My second choice would be Jessica Jones, Alias Volume One. Of course. Um, uh, if you've watched the Netflix Jessica Jones show, the first season was taken very heavily from the first issue of Brian Michael Bendis's Jessica Jones, Alias. It's an amazing read. It. I remember reading it, and that's when I fell in love with the way Bendis writes, because I remember reading it and being like, wow, I know he's a dude, but he understands women. <laughs> he, he, he sounds and feels like this is a woman. It, because sometimes, you know, I'm not, not calling anybody out, but sometimes when male writers write in the voice of females, it's not always there, you know? Sometimes I mean, sometimes little... when females write in the voice of females, it's not always there. Yeah, they try like too just hard. Pick up, pick up Fifty Shades of Grey and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> ugh, God, that's, ugh. Does it make your inner goddess nauseous? Oh, man. I, I read the first one of those books because people kept telling me to, and it was a mistake, and I will never get that time back <laughs> in my life. I, I regret everything. But no, the voicing and the art is amazing. Uh, Michael Gatos, mm. um, it's it's beautiful and it's but it's dark and it's odd and very internal and very intimate and it's just great. I mean, it nice. it's just a wonderful book and the whole series is great. It's not in hardcover unfortunately, but the trade paperback, the first volume is only 25 bucks. Um, so that's a really good one. The other thing I would suggest picking up because I have to, I have to promote it as much as I can because it was just a wonderful read is volume one of the mighty Thor. Um, that was the run where spoiler alert, uh, you had Jane Foster as, uh, Thor, not lady Thor. She was just Thor. (laughs) Thor it. She was Thor, Thor and she was great. And it's, it's a beautiful book, and it's so well written, mm-hmm. and it's, 
interesting and touching and emotional and surprising and engaging. And it appeals to men. It appeals to women. It appeals to old fans of, you know, classic e-comic heroes, your Captain Americas and your Thors and your Iron Mans. But it's, it's sweet and it's smart and it's a great read. And the first volume of that is actually both in trade paperback and hardcover, but it's only like a $5 difference. The trade paperback's um, about 20 bucks, and the hardcover's only like 25 and So the, I art, would... the art in that series is exceptional. Oh, yeah. it's stunning. Russell Dowderman doing the art. Oh, my God. That. It and is it's... a stunning Ugh. book. I mean, the colors are just crazy, and the, the design of it, and it, it feels... Otherworldly. Yeah, that's, a, that's a really good choice for like a gift. That would be a good gift for somebody who's maybe into the movies and once they get into comics because they really like push the limits of like mainstream comic storytelling. Because they've yeah. got this beautiful use of colors, beautiful use of line work and framing, and the stories are well written, the dialogue's well written, you know. I, also... I think that would be a good one for if you have a friend who or family member who wants to get into comics or maybe hasn't read comics in a while. You know, they're not really into the modern stuff. That's it's, a good one to get for him. It's also very approachable because a lot of the villains or the bad guys or even a lot of the background of the, the story is Thor-related. So it's a lot of, you know, dark elves and mm. Norse mythology. And mm. that, for some people, is a lot easier to process because it's a lot more um, consumable than, say, random Marvel bad guys that you may not know. You know, a lot of comics, when they're doing a more generic run or they're trying to introduce a new hero or something, they'll pick on older bad guys like an arcade or something like that Mm -hmm. because they're easy. But if you're new to comics, that might be a little confusing because you're like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what he does. I don't know why I should care. But if it's Norse and stuff that you've heard and you're marginally familiar with, even if you're not as familiar as you would be with like, you know, Greek mythology, you know the basics of Norse mythology. So it's a lot easier to process. You know, it's a good gateway. Mm -hmm. So those are my suggestions. Of course... Me being me, they're all ladies. But, yeah. you know, I'm equal opportunist. Old dog, new tricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I read comics with male protagonists, but these these are really good ones. These are really good. I definitely suggest them. Nice. Well, I think that's a wrap for us for this week. Wrap it up. <laughs> Tie it in a bow. Uh, <laughs> next week. Return to sin. Wait. <laughs> Oh no, <laughs> we were so doing so good. We're uh, doing this thing. I'm, yep, it's still happening. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it going, you guys. I'm not. I'm not giving in. Next week is gonna be like just when you thought it was safe. <laughs> we're still here. Um, next week we're gonna be doing our holiday special, but on the DC side DC of things. Side, yeah. So that'll be exciting. You'll have to tune in and hear about that. So thank you so much for joining us. If you want more of us, because we're so great, I, I don't mean that, but we'd love to see you online. Uh, if you want more of us, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Cover B Podcast. Yep. Uh, you can follow Chris on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. And you can actually find our handles on our website, 
coverbpodcast.weebly.com. Um, so stay tuned next week for our next episode of Cover B. Thank you guys. Bye. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>